This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 468 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by FeedXL.com. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip features Christy West and Dr. Jones from TheHorse.com. This tip is an excerpt from episode 183 of the Horses in the Morning show. But before we get to the tip, a word from FeedXL, today's sponsor. FeedXL isn't just a world-class nutrition tool. It's the ultimate horse nutrition resource at your fingertips. It's unbiased, based on science, and easy and fun to use. Is your horse's current diet deficient in some respect? Are you over-supplementing and possibly causing your horse harm? Will a different type of hay you feed at your winter show facility change what grain and supplements your horse really needs? Can your horse's diet be balanced at a better price? You no longer have to experiment with your horse's diet, wait for weeks or months, and then hope you got it right. Your horse can have his very own totally customized nutritional profile available 24-7 with FeedXL.com. And now, enjoy today's tip. It's how to help your vet out and thereby yourself. And this, it, it, it kind of started as a top ten list of things to do and not to do. And, um, Aaron, I'll let you take it away since these are, these are your stories and they're going to be hilarious. <laughs> Number one was don't stage a fight at the appointment. And we, we must hear about this story. <laughs> well, there's actually a couple stories. I'm not sure which one was the most entertaining to you, uh, Christy, or not at the time. But um, we had a uh, client that uh, asked us to come out and just check their horse. The horse was sick. And we got there. And all we know is we must have walked into the middle of the horse owner getting an eviction notice by the stable owner to get their horses out immediately. And the um, amount of drama that ensued after that was a bit more than what we wanted. Um, (laughs) So we um, basically had a very, you know, reasonable timed appointment draw out to a lot longer because they were sniffing at each other the entire time we were there um, and couldn't really concentrate on their sick horse. So it was, um, a, I would say, entertaining for us, but also frustrating for us because we couldn't take care of what we needed to take care of. And that was uh, the most frustrating part of it, as well as, you know, prolonging our time period at the, um, at the appointment. So, so um, I'm fighting sure at appointments is not good. Sorry? I said, so fighting at appointments uh, in between you and whoever is not good for when your vet's coming. But it's okay for the rest of the time. Just know when the vet's coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, don't air your dirty laundry while the uh, appointment's going on. It's probably a good thing to do. Yeah, good point. Good point. Awesome. So the next thing we had on the list was to – and it's in, some of the things on these lists are going to be kind of like no-brainers, but they they happen a lot, and this is this is why we're talking about them. And some of them are, some of them are plain funny. But um, the next thing on our list is to make sure that you can catch your horse, lead him, pick up his feet, etc. And if you can't, let your vet know that you can't do any of these things because you're going to need some extra time in your appointment. It helps the vet to be able to plan for that. Erin, you got some stories for that too, a bunch. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Three o'clock on a Friday afternoon, hot. 
we get there. We're actually on time for the appointment, which we try to be most of the time. If not, we give them a heads up because people don't have all day waiting for us, and we don't have all day waiting on them. So we get there, and nobody's there. And it's a private barn. And it's our first time meeting a client. Well, she shows up a couple minutes after the appointment time, happy in fact that she was able to make her errand run and back and get back in time for the appointment. Well, that's all fine and dandy, except for she had four horses to vaccinate. And they're on 20 acres, and they're at the bottom of a hill. And, yes, we do have some hills in Florida. They're at the bottom of the hill on this 20 acres. She was a very heavy smoker. And oh, said, oh, this is, they'll come up for grain. And they just didn't appear. <laughs> she finally got two up, and we had to go down ourselves and get the other two, which was a little bit on the um, unexpected side. So, you know, an appointment that would probably normally take about 30 minutes and it would take us over an hour. Now, at some point, now, I, I, I was a veterinary technician for, I, for three different hospitals I've worked for, and we had um, an instituted policy called the PIA charge. Do you have a <laughs> PIA charge for calls like that? I'd like to, but I'm finding that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm using it as PR and education the first time, that next time mm-hmm. we'll have the appointment with this person when they're feeding the horses so that they're up and confined. She didn't have enough stalls to put all the horses in, but she did have a confined area that she does feed them in the morning. So, you know, we had an no. educational, I guess, fee, if you want to call it that, or educational discussion. But most of the times it's my first visit out there, and, or my second visit out there, we have to educate the clients on protocol. Uh, the other one is the, you know, picking the feet up. We had a horse that wouldn't pick its feet up. We needed to x-ray its feet. How do you x-ray feet when they won't pick them up and set them on a board for us to take an x-ray? So things like this need to be brought to our attention prior to going out there so that we can either make a different plan <laughs> or um, have somebody out there with us to get the job done. And then, of course, yeah. there's probably extra time that's going to be added on to our appointment time for these people. Yeah, and that's a big of the scheduling thing is, you know, you hate it when your vet's late, but it's because Jack has it like this, uh, don't have the horses up, and, oh, by the way, while you're here, can you vaccinate seven others? You know? So Yeah, uh, it is, I was uh, on my way last week to an appointment. I think this was prompted the discussion with Christy, and I was running late, which I, you know, hate to do, but I was running late, and I had my receptionist call, and she said, don't worry about it. They can't catch the horse. You're kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So my, my receptionist told me we needed to reschedule because I had a tight schedule that day. And so not being able to catch a horse, if I would go all the way out to that side of the town to wait for them to catch the horse, I would have been even more late for everybody else. So. And wasn't there one that yeah. you were telling me that you're, somebody called in and you happened to be near your receptionist and they were telling, telling her that the horse wasn't halter broke or something? <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was years ago. Years ago, I had a receptionist um, that knew nothing about horses and such, and she was taking notes as she was talking to somebody on the phone. I happened to be passing by in the office, glanced down at you know who called in, and it was a new client. No, it was a regular client, and the regular client wanted me to sedate the horse so they could get the halter on. Anybody oh my God! Them? How the hell are how are you? Do you have a blow dart? <laughs> I mean, that would be the only no, way that you could I actually don't. I do, down. I do princess equine work. I don't, I don't train my horse. I don't um, dart my horses. I don't <laughs> do want to call it princess don't equine you. work. I don't. If they can't catch their horse, I really probably don't want to work on it. That's a good point. But don't sometimes you just wish that you had a dart gun? Like, yeah. <laughs> you just, 
blow in this little bamboo tube and it'll shoot out the little tranquilizer <laughs> like it's a rhino. I mean, absolutely, I, I absolutely. Wish, yeah. um, but I had to, I had to stop my receptionist. I'm, I'm tapping on her shoulder, telling her, put him on hold, put him on hold. She puts him on hold, and I said, how do you expect me to get the needle into that horse without halter on it? And all of a sudden, like this light went on in her eyes. <laughs> oh! So she gets back on the phone, and the lady had a really nice compliment to me. She said, "Well, she's so fast at the needle. I thought maybe she could get it done before they knew it." <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, I would think, think so. that you're probably better off. You know, they're pretty fast with their back legs too. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're very fast with their back legs. So. I mean, I know there's ways around stuff like this, but. Some people find it to be just like a casual appointment, as in I'm going to go out and vaccinate or I'm going to go out and pull a Coggins test. <laughs> this is not a casual appointment to try to sedate a horse that can't be caught. <laughs> and back to the, now, the blowgun, you start wondering who, who you need to use it on, <laughs> the horse or the owner. <laughs> <laughs> You're exactly right. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and dart your horse, and then I'm going to dart you in the neck, just so you're quiet for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Turn over the checkbook. Stand there for the dart. <laughs> there you go. Funny, funny. What a thought. Well, we've kind of already touched on our, our next couple of appointments, um, which was one was have your horse caught and, and ready for the appointment. Um, we were talking about this a little bit, little bit last week, and you know, it it seems like a no brainer, but you know, people just think. Oh, Aaron was telling me that people just think that it's okay just to wait, okay, the vet's here, now I'll go get my horse. And even if it doesn't take a long time, even if it just takes 10 minutes, that she was trying to educate this person, if everybody does the same thing, oh, okay, the vet's here, now I'll go get my horse, and by the end of the day, you're two hours behind. So, same, Yeah, same if you time. think about how many, how many times it happens to you throughout the day, you're adding 10 minutes every time you're at an appointment that you didn't plan on. So, 10 and of course, minutes you if you're lucky. time in between that. That, that really screws you up if you get into traffic jams and such, too. So, Yeah, absolutely. So the next one, I, I think that this, obviously, don't be late. If you're going to be late, you know, definitely call. Let us know. That goes for both ends of the party. Um, you know, and, and then absolutely. just to, to skip down the list a little bit, you pay your bills, people. Don't bounce checks. If you don't pay your bill, they're not going to be, it's not a high-priority client. Is that, am I wrong here? No, I mean, I think that's kind of the general norm of most businesses in general. If people don't pay their bills on time or they're slow to pay or they have bounced checks or they've done something, those people are definitely not going to be ranked very high as a, as a good customer, a good client in any business you're in. So being honest, because it is recession time and we have a lot of clients that have been paying bills regularly, no problems, and they've been real honest. And, and you can tell they're embarrassed to tell you that they need an estimate or they need to not do as much this, this appointment or things like that. And I don't think people should be embarrassed by that because, yeah, we had a little flood, flood of money back in the 90s and maybe early 2000, but now we all have to watch our pennies. And it's okay to say, I can't really afford to do all of this. I only want to do this, and then next time we'll do more whatever, break it out. It, it's just easier to be honest with a person you're paying and, and honest with yourself because then you're not going to put yourself better, in a bad position. Yeah, better. You'd rather, much rather have them limit themselves before you do all the work because you're yeah. not going to get paid. Yeah, yeah. So definitely no. Now, I mean, we've been sending out estimates more than we ever have in the past and most of the software programs that veterinarians use have an ability to do up an estimate and mail it out or email it to you. So that's, mm -hmm. you know, an easy thing for a lot of veterinarians to do. 
Now, I'm I'm a little curious about about this one that you have on your list, and, and Christy, you can jump in any time. Uh, don't hit on your vet, male or female. Don't hit on your vet. I am going to sit back and listen because I resemble. I mean, I I I understand this <laughs> remark, and you know what? I don't think your vet should hit on a client. So it kind of goes the other way, and then I'll kind of fill you in on some details after you tell me your experience with this. <laughs> I kind of figured, Jennifer, or Jamie, you might have some that would go the other way on that too. So, but yeah, I, I um, find it very distasteful for. Um, when I've had veterinarian join my practice and they're out with me, the conversations get a little bit warmer than I would expect on my new employee. Um, I just find it uncomfortable and very unprofessional. They get extremely uncomfortable because they're meeting somebody for the first time. It's just a very odd predicament. Um, besides that, uh, you know, I've had stories from barriers where they've shown up and Ladies, these are male farriers, ladies are in their negligees meeting them at the door, and they know that the farriers do. It's not like they were busy sleeping at the time. They knew they had an appointment because that was confirmed the day before. Um, we've had, as a female veterinarian, gentlemen in, I guess, pajama bottoms or boxer shorts show up at the door. So, very uncomfortable. <laughs> and we do confirm yeah. our appointments the day before, too. You what? We do con- can uh, confirm our appointments the day before. So that is a yeah. very unnerving situation to be in. So. It definitely is. I my 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 ex boyfriend who was a vet um, <laughs> had a woman come out into her barn, which is apparently adjacent to her house, naked. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean. I don't understand what you think you're going to accomplish. Like, do you want a free vaccination? Like, okay, I'll give you the rabies shot for free since you're naked. (laughs) I don't know what they want. Um, But having dated uh, one or two veterinarians, they also can be guilty of flirting with their clients. So, you know, it kind of works a little bit both ways. But, yes, I'm sure, especially as a woman vet, Erin, that must be pretty difficult for you to – Go to a place and, and just try to do your work, and you're kind of getting hit on. Yeah. Yeah. Creepiest, I guess, was when a farrier told me, um, <laughs> he was the one telling me the stories about, uh, he also had one show up naked to his appointment, and they, and they knew what time he was going to be there. And I said, well, you know, I'm, most of the clients are female, so I'm not feeling too, you know, um, nervous about seeing some of these clients. He goes, oh, no, their, their husbands are inside watching you out the window, they tell me. Oh, that's a little creepy. God. That's a little creepy. Oh, oh that's anyway. horrible. Yeah. <laughs> creepy is a good yeah, But I, I don't, I don't know. It sounds like that, that uh, lady wanted a bit more than a free rabies vaccination, though. So, yeah. The one that tried to make it to your friend. Yeah. Chris. Yeah, and anyway, that's an interesting topic. And, um, I mean, we all like to objectify our vets if they're in a hot guys. You know, I mean, it's going to happen. Girls are girls. And you know what? If there's a bunch of guys together and you've got a hot vet at that chick, they're going to talk about her too. But just do it, you know, tastefully behind their back. <laughs> <laughs> at another setting, you rather than right there, yeah. There you go. Okay, I can agree with that. Lesson learned. <laughs> All right, so a couple of the other things that we had on the list is uh, like 
couple of items combined and basically have what your vet is going to need there near the horse, not in terms of vet supplies, but have parking for the vet's truck near the horse. And make sure and if you're going to, if you're asking for things like X-rays, have power in the barn, or it be at a location where you've got power, running water, things like that. And Aaron's got a couple stories along those lines. Yeah, I mean, new barns that go up, it's really good for the receptionist to know that the barn is brand new because a lot of those don't have electric in them. And in our area here in Florida, we have sugar sand because they're built right on old groves or something like that. That sugar sand is really deep, and we can't get nearby. And we're lugging out X-ray equipment across very deep sugar sand. It's like walking on the beach with your X-ray, x-ray equipment. It's not that much fun. Oh, God. Which is so heavy. So, yeah, so they have to, you know, kind of think about either laying lime rock or something um, around their barn. And I'm sure a lot of them are thinking right now, I've already spent so much for the barn as it is. You know, adding electric is already a big expense and adding, you know, lime rock. Well, that's fine. We could do the electric up by the garage, but just let us know ahead of time we're going to meet you at the garage rather than down at the barn or something to that effect. Um, we've had some yeah. interesting um, barns to get to. One was on top of the hill, which is good. It had a good airflow and all that. But to get to it, we had a weave between... Uh, a work vehicle, a personal vehicle, and we basically had to almost back all the way up the hill to the barn because there wasn't much room to turn around because it was sugar sand up there. And so as we backed up, there's a huge stump of like a tree that was cut down, but they never took the stump down to the ground, even with it, so it's almost as high as my tire. So as you're backing through the gate, you have to zigzag in almost a D fashion to get around the stump, and then continue backing up through two more gates to get up to the barn. Very, very yeah. interesting. You know what's amazing, too, is is that they actually do that every time they drive up to the barn. Like, wouldn't you want to handle that if that was your living situation or you had to walk half a mile through that big, deep Florida sand? I mean, wouldn't you want, think you'd want to handle that if you were the owner? Absolutely. I mean, think about carrying those hay bales through that deep, deep Florida sand and stacking them inside your barn or next to your barn or in your uh, feed room or something like that. My gosh, those things are heavy. Yeah, Green bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's a very good like point. These of. people are doing it every day. Mm-hmm. And they don't think anything of it, I guess. <laughs> no fun. Well, I know we're running short on time, and I want to make sure we hit the last last two things on our list. Number nine was contact your vet early if you think your horse might, might have an emergency and don't wait. Erin um, was telling me about the stories where... She gets an emergency call in the middle of the night, and the owner says, well, I've been watching it all day, and, you know, I thought it might might get better, but but then it didn't. So tell me about that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching all day. It just makes your heart sink. Because, you know, a lot of times you get there earlier, you can do a lot more for the horse than you can at this point. It's been 12 hours, and things are in worse condition than they were 12 hours previous. The other one was uh, I watched all day. I got online. I was researching it online, and I was trying to take care of it myself, and, <laughs> I'm sure just like any doctor, I got online and looked up, you know, what I'm diagnosing myself with. It probably really irritates a regular doctor as well as a veterinarian. Now, i got to tell you, uh, sorry, Christy, that I, I actually, working at the vet clinic here in Phoenix, Arizona, I said that the first client who does not say to me, I've been, my horse has been colicking for three days and I, I, I didn't give him any banamine or, or I'm sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. I said that the first person who says he just started colicking and I haven't given him any banamine, I was going to give a hug. 
I'm like the first client to not say, oh, I haven't given him anything. I rushed him right in because he was not feeling well. I was going to hug. And it actually happened one time in the year and a half I worked there. Most people are like, well, he's been colicking and rolling and stuff for about three days. And, you know, we've been giving him some butte. And, uh, you know, don't do that. Stop doing that. Yeah. Now your horse is worse and it's probably going to die because it's had this problem for three days and it needed fluids and banamine. Not be, you know, how frustrating is that for you as a vet? Oh, it's very frustrating. And, and what's amazing is it's still thought out there that colic surgery horses die at. Not really. There's Colic surgery has made some huge leaps in the last 20 years especially where there's a good 85% chance for more recovery depending on the type of colic it is. So I'm not trying right. to say that every colic has to go to surgery, but the sooner you get there, the better off they are because colic surgery isn't just about the intestines. It's about putting a horse under anesthesia, and they need to have a good, proper cardiovascular system, and that gets compromised as you pro prolong the problem. So if you're yeah. taking a very, very sick animal into surgery, they may not die from the, the colic part of it. They may die from the anesthesia. So yeah. there's a lot of things to think about jumping on these things earlier. A lot of times they don't need surgery. You just yeah. need to take care of them with some fluids. I think a lot of people, too, because, I mean, colic is what horse people deal with most often. Um, they confuse it. The vet comes out, examines the animal carefully, and prescribes banamine every X number of hours or whatever and probably gives them some fluids. So horse owner gets a little cocky and says, well, that's what the vet's going to do anyway, sees the horse acting a little funky, and throws him some banamine, but they skip the thorough exam part. <laughs> exactly. The thorough exam is huge. how people are so quick to reach for the tube of banamine without ever mm -hmm. doing anything else. It's like, I always tell really? everybody, colleagues to me are like Christmas presents, believe it or not. And I know that sounds really odd. But when you have Christmas and you get a gift, or even your birthday and you get a gift, you look at the size of the gift. Is it a shirt box? Is it a square box? Is it a big box? Is it a small box like jewelry? Okay, don't we all, right? Then we might actually pick it up. So is it heavy? Is it light? We might shake it. Does it make a sound? And mm -hmm. does it have a smell about it sometimes, the perfume broke or something, you know? So all of this <laughs> is what you're doing to try to diagnose what's inside that present. Same thing we're doing with colic, and each one's going to be different and by what we find. And then colic surgery is the opening up of the Christmas present. You see what you get inside. That is a great analogy, absolutely, Because, uh, but it's like you can't unwrap it unless it's a major problem. And I love the fact that right. your Christmas present might stink. <laughs> you, you know, exactly. Oh, as I get out in the field unwrapping it as a rectal exam. So there's a lot of yeah. them, like the one I had the other weekend was, you know, low heart rate. Horse was just, you know, occasionally laying down, nothing, anything drastic, but didn't respond to the banamine. So I went back out and decided I was going to do a rectal this time. Didn't do it the first time because it was really, really mild. We just thought it was gas. And uh, did a rectal exam and, oh, wow, there's distended large intestine in there. So they threw it on the trailer, watched it all night. I left a small dose of banamine for them to give through the night if they needed it. They gave me a call. I said, yeah, go ahead and give it. And the horse was fine the next day. That's a good oh, that story. That's Christmas a happy presents. story. Yeah, yeah. I like the yeah. happy stories. Well, the last thing we had on our list, I know we're short on time, is um, in another fun story. Um, don't call two vets to the same appointment for an instant second opinion without letting them know that the other one's coming out. I was there's a story um, there. 
I'm curious if this has ever happened with Jamie, where she's been working, if this ever happened there. But it, and what was it? it? Took me almost 19 years before it to happen to me, where I was called out to look at a founder that I had seen for a vet who was out of town. They asked me to come back out and check this founder, and I thought, well, I guess he's still out of town. I didn't know he was back in town. So sure, I stopped by, and I had taken some X-rays for the farrier because I was out taking X-rays of another horse, and he wanted to see how his shoeing was doing, and you know, he had the digital, and the other vet still had conventional X-rays. And so I'd just done a couple things for these people and this founder. And I showed up, and the farrier was there, and the farrier said something about, oh, I didn't know you were coming. Dr. So-and-so is coming. <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? Well, he showed up, and he was he's a very well-respected older practitioner in the area, and uh, he's the primary caregiver of the case. He was livid. You could just tell by his body language. He never said anything. I never said anything. But they wanted us to put our heads together and uh, develop the best plan for their horse without telling either one. Oh my god! Tell he was just living, and I and I was too. I just felt it. I felt it was irresponsible of the clients to do. I felt used by them, and uh, I was I was kind of embarrassed that uh, this older practitioner had to have you know some young snot nose with him brought along when he felt he was handling the case just fine. And I deferred to him because he was handling it well. And I said, you know, I'm sure Dr. So-and-so will have, you know, some good plans for you. And, um, you know, this is my opinion. And I left before, you know, I, I got out of there as soon as I could. I was mortified. Yeah, I could see that. Like, hey, you're not doing a good enough job, so I'm going to bring somebody else in and maybe the two of you can figure it out. Hey, you guys, this has been an awesome topic, and I know we'll probably have more. So keep a list, uh, Aaron and Dr. Jones, and, and keep a list of all these ridiculous things clients do. This will be a great book someday um, with all these stories. So you guys, obviously, we have to roll uh, because the uh, show's almost over. But it's been awesome having you all on. This has been way fun. Keep a list, write the book, and um, we'll have you on again next week. Absolutely. Super. Thank you for having us, as always. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Appreciate it. All right, you can find Erin at Florida. Uh, is it FloridaEquine.com, Erin? Yes, ma'am. FloridaEquine.com. Well, there you go. Help yourself, help your vet. Win-win for everybody. To listen to all the Horse.com's Horses in the Morning tips, just go to horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop down menu on the left. You can also get loads of great horse health information by going to thehorse.com. Please drop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook and let us know what you think of the tips you hear here on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you want us to cover. You can subscribe to all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or mp3 player i'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip until then go ride your horse the horse radio network and the horse radio network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on horse tip daily